This is Neil from Grassroots Security and thanks for listening. I don't have Carrie with me, so we'll drive into this week's episode immediately. As usual with the disclaimer, the opinions here are my own and relying on any information from this podcast is at your own risk. Now on with the show. For those who may have missed it, March 8, 2021 was International Women's Day. In Season 2, Episode 5, I talked about the cybersecurity workforce needs, including the need for more women in the workforce. There were also some links to scholarships there. Please do listen to that episode for more information. On another topic, since December 2020, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, has been responding to a number of cybersecurity incidents involving an advanced persistent threat, or APT, actor targeting networks of multiple U.S. government agencies, critical infrastructure agencies, and private sector organizations. This APT actor added malicious code to multiple versions of the SolarWinds Orion platform and used it, as well as other techniques, for initial access to enterprise networks. After gaining persistent, invasive access to select organizations' enterprise networks, this APT actor targeted their federated identity sources and their Active Directory and Microsoft 365 or M365 environments. For those who may not know, federated identity means a user's electronic identity and attributes that can be used across multiple identity management systems or sources like Active Directory, LDAP, etc. This is also linked to single sign-on or SSO capabilities, wherein a user's single authentication, resulting in a ticket or token, is trusted across multiple IT systems inside or outside your organization where there is trust. But please note that SSO is only a component of federated identity management. With this, CISA has published two new resources on the follow-on activity from this compromise. One is the remediating networks affected by the SolarWinds and Active Directory M365 compromise. This guidance document provides support for evicting the threat activity from compromised on-premises and cloud environments. This provides tactics, techniques, and procedures, or TTPs, used by the threat actor. It is highly likely that the threat actor is hiding in networks, so eviction can be challenging and complex, depending on how your network is structured. The guidance provides more of a short- and medium-term action that organizations can take to mitigate the activity and prevent the actor's reuse of similar TTPs. The other guidance is on SolarWinds and M365 Compromise Risk Decision for Leaders. This is a one-page document that asks that leaders of compromised networks should immediately assess the risk, asking the question, how severe is the compromise, and the long-term risk if the actor is not evicted. Allocate time and resources. There are three phases to eviction, pre-eviction, eviction, and post-eviction. This is probably the most complex and resource-intensive action. They even recommend disconnecting your network from the internet for a period of time, like several days. I'm not sure how many organizations will be able to do that, but in worst-case scenario, you may need to. Also, consider engaging with third-party companies experienced with APT activity. For most organizations, they may not have the in-house resources to investigate and remediate this type of activity. This is when consulting or getting the help from a third-party company will be needed. In the future, you may also want to consider getting retainer services for major security incidents if you have the funding. And lastly, seek further guidance. They provided links to more general information as well as technical detection and remediation guidance and resources. In the first guidance document, 
CISA wrote down the following. In December 2020, CISA was made aware of a supply chain compromise of certain versions of the SolarWinds Orion platform. An APT actor added malicious code to multiple versions of the SolarWinds Orion and in some instances leveraged it for initial access to enterprise networks of U.S. government agencies, critical infrastructure entities, and private sector organizations. Through incident response, CISA determined that, in other instances, the threat actor obtained initial access by password guessing, password spraying, and exploiting inappropriately secured administrative credentials via remote services. Password spraying is a term used when you use multiple known or easily guessable passwords and see if one of them works. Once inside the network, the threat actor bypassed multi-factor authentication or MFA and moved laterally to Microsoft Cloud Systems by compromising federated identity solutions. The threat actor then stole the Active Directory Federation Services or ADFS token signing certificate to forge tokens. By using this technique, referred to as the Golden SAML or Security Assertion Markup Language, the threat actor was able to move laterally to M365 environments by authenticating into the federated resource provider, bypassing MFA and password requirements. The threat actor also added or modified trusted domains in Azure AD. By using this technique, the threat actor was able to move laterally to Azure AD environments by adding new federated identity providers or IDPs. You can also look at the FireEye white paper on remediation and hardening strategies for Microsoft 365 to defend against UNC 2452. After gaining access to cloud environments, the actor established persistence mechanisms for application programming interface or API based access and collected and exfiltrated data. The threat actor has demonstrated sophisticated defense evasion skills. The actor hid their command and control or C2 communications with extensive obfuscation, hid their activity among legitimate user traffic, and established difficult to detect persistence mechanisms like using API. Based on the above, these are really sophisticated actions. The skills needed to tackle these types of actors are difficult to find in-house except if you're a really well-funded cybersecurity function where you're able to attract the best talent and technology. The hiding of activity among legitimate user traffic is also something difficult to detect, especially if it is related to web traffic using HTTP and HTTPS, as well as DNS or domain name system traffic. These type of traffic are so prevalent in environments that it's difficult to detect. It makes it easier to identify if you funnel to one destination like a web proxy or your internal DNS server. So outliers are easier to detect, but still complex, as not all of your systems may be using the web proxy or internal DNS server. Again, there may be multiple variations in each organization. And then using APIs connecting to those systems is another sophisticated method, as you would have needed some software development skills to create the software that would speak to your API-enabled applications. This is also an area where the security protections are still in their infancy, but will need to be tackled. I will try to tackle this in future episodes on how one can protect against API-based attacks. While we are tackling Microsoft topics, last March 2, Microsoft released an out-of-band security update to address multiple vulnerabilities affecting Microsoft Exchange Server products. CISA and its partners have observed active exploitation of the vulnerabilities from March 3 and so it became all hands on deck for organizations running Microsoft Exchange on-premises. 
If your organization has not stood up a major incident management call to tackle this, please do so as this is a must patch. Microsoft also released an indicator of compromise detection tool for Exchange server vulnerabilities. I believe that this has been placed in GitHub. And if you are an organization leader, ensure that you can get an update from your IT and security teams on the state of patching for your on-premise Exchange infrastructure. And if you are only using Microsoft 365 or M365 Exchange in the cloud, you're fine, as Microsoft would have addressed the cloud infrastructure already for components that were vulnerable. And that's it. I hope this has been useful. Till then, Sloan Gafal, take care and keep safe.